the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As we uh, begin our service today of worship, I'd like to invite everybody to stand as we read God's word together. We'll be reading from Psalm or Isaiah 55. Should be up on the screen. All right. So join with me in reading of God's word. Come, everyone who is thirsty, come to the water. And you without silver, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without silver and without cost. Pay attention and come to me. Listen so that you will live. I will make a permanent covenant with you on the basis of the faithful kindness of David. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call to him while he is near. Let the wicked one abandon his way and the sinful one his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord so he may have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will freely forgive. You will indeed go out with joy and be peacefully guided. The mountains and the hills will break into singing before you. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, a cypress will come up. And instead of the briar, a myrtle will come up. This will stand as a monument for the Lord, an everlasting sign that will not be destroyed. Praise 
sovereign majesty may we in glory see and to eternity love and adore thy sovereign majesty may we in glory see and to eternity love and adore Isn't it good to know that our God is with us as we worship him? Let's sing together about our God. There's no one like him. Who has held the oceans in his hands? has numbered every grain of sand. Kings and nations tremble at his voice. All creation rises to rejoice. Behold our God seated on his throne. Come, let us adore him. Behold our King, nothing can compare. Come, let us adore to the Lord who can question any of his words who can teach the one who knows all things who can fathom all his wondrous deeds behold our God seated on his throne come let us adore him behold our king nothing can compare come let us adore upon his hands bearing all the guilt of sinful man God eternal humble to the grave Jesus Savior is it now to reign behold thy God on his throne come let us adore him behold our king nothing can compare come let us adore him 
tech team in the back there, the sound team that does such an amazing job every week. We appreciate you all so much. They're always looking for more help. So um, get in the game, get connected, uh, become active and serve here in our church. Uh, as we mentioned over the past few weeks, the empty chair sitting right here. If you haven't been before or don't know what that's about, uh, that's for our Hoosier One campaign. That's to remind us uh, who are we going to invite to come join us um, here for worship. So be praying about that, and if you don't already have that person in mind, uh, be giving some thought about that as well, and bring them with you to church. Uh, at this time, Pastor Sean is going to come up and lead us for the Salt Lake City Mission Team Commissioning Prayer. Pastor Jim, we are excited this morning to, uh, part of the next step some in our church has made is by being committed to going on mission. And we've got a great partner church in Salt Lake City, Redeeming Life Church, that, uh, that we've been partnering, praying, being a part of their ministry for several years now, and we're sending a team this summer. And so uh, we're going to invite all of those team members to come forward this morning as we uh, want, to, as our habit, to make sure that we pray for them, pray for their work, and pray for what God is going to do. And so uh, as they make their way up this way, uh, we're going to encourage you here in just a minute when they get in a station uh, that they are, uh, you will come as committed as what our normal habit is, is to uh, come grab a bracelet from, the, from them. Now, what does this do? Uh, that doesn't mean you, don't ha you just have to pray for that one person, but you are committing to be reminded to pray for that one person. We want you to pray for the entire team and the people involved. And so that bracelet is a reminder to pray for them throughout the week. So uh, you can come on up here. Uh, and then if you, uh, uh, what we'd like to do is for you to come grab a bracelet and just hover for a second and once, make sure everybody gets a bracelet that wants a bracelet. And then we're going to, uh, uh, we're going to lay hands on our mission team and pray for them. So if you want to come on up, uh, grab a prayer bracelet. Y'all can stay up here and hover for a second after you get it. I'm going to put mine on while I'm waiting for you all. Hold up your bracelets. I think we're running out here. them out over here we got tons of people waiting towards the back here there's some here hand me some i'm going to pass them over to this side over here let me have yours Alora. there's some i know miss judy's waving back there okay let's gather together and uh, pray for each one of these that are going on the team they're going to be uh taking part of a family week of fun sort of like a vacation bible school but supporting parents and the gospel will be presented 
So we know this is a powerful opportunity to reach people in Salt Lake City. So let's, let's pray for them, okay? Heavenly Father, we are so thankful and grateful for your son Jesus who came into the darkness, humbled himself to the cross, and rose again to give us life. And it is in belief in him that, Lord, we know his life. It is the good news. And so for this team, every one of them, Lord, we are sending as heralds of good news into a place that is confused, that some and many have rejected the gospel and many have been confused by a false gospel. So God, we know that the truth will set us free and the truth of Jesus Christ will set these people free. So Lord, we thankful for the, we're thankful for the relationship, the spirit uh, of gospel work with Redeeming Life Church. We're thankful for this team that the Lord has uh, brought together to send out to Salt Lake City. We pray for their travel. We pray for their work. We pray for strength. We pray for protection from the enemy's discouragement. But most importantly, Lord, we pray that they go with the power of the gospel, that they serve the church, and as the gospel is proclaimed, that lives are changed in your name. We're thankful for each one. We're thankful for the commitment, and we're thankful to be in a church that takes the great commission seriously. We love you, Lord, and we are thankful for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Scripture reading is from Psalm 139, starting with uh, verse 1. Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You understand my thoughts from far away. You observe my travels and my rests. You are aware of all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know all about it, Lord. You have encircled me. You have placed your hand on me. This wondrous knowledge is beyond me. It is lofty. I am unable to reach it. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there is any offensive way in me. Lead me in the everlasting way. Amen. May God find us faithful this week as we uh, lean and trust in him. Would you stand to your feet? We learned a new song last week. We're going to sing it again this week. So uh, if it's new to you, just uh, jump in when you start to get the sense of it. When the darkness overwhelms 
and my fears are pressing in. I will trust in you, O Lord. In the silence I will wait. I will stand upon your word.
So you may be seated. Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, you know, my first concert as a child, what could it have been? What, do you remember your first concert? Well, I mean, it could have been Sesame Street Live. Um, it could have been Mickey. Maybe if you're older, maybe it was Jake in the Neverland, oh, or younger, Jake in the Neverland Pirates and Sophia the First, or some kid's thing. Maybe not. Maybe your concert was something. Maybe your, your concert was Skinner. You know, I don't know. Maybe um, George Strait. What was my first concert? Alabama. The sultry, sweet voice of Brandy Owens blasting in my ears at decibels a child should really not be at, especially at the back of the Civic Center in Roanoke. And listen, at my age, I didn't know, but just a couple of songs that, that I really love. You know, if you're going to play in Texas, what do you got to have? Fiddle in the band. I mean, you got, I mean, you got to, right? When you, uh, there's my favorite song as a child is Roll On 18 Wheeler, right? Roll on, roll on, roll on, roll on. I mean, that was my favorite part to, to scream out as a child. But I don't think I really understood there's a song that they sang that I didn't really understand until I was an adult. And the chorus is, or the song is, I'm in a hurry and don't know why. So that's the song, you might know that. But the chorus is, I'm in a hurry to get things done. I rush and rush until life's no fun. All I got to really do is live and die, but I'm in a hurry and don't know why. Man, when I became an adult, then I really understood that. I am just rushing here and there and with three kids and with the things that are going on and with church and just with life. There's always seems to be rush, rush, rush. Maybe everyone can attest to those words in this room whether it's the school calendar work schedule doctor's appointments we're all in a hurry and we don't know why we just know that all of that brings troubles and uneasiness well the good news of this psalm is it tells us that God is a God who makes and helps us find our rest in him that it is in him that we can find a rest from weariness, a rest from rushing, a rest from all the things that might bring us turmoil. It is God who is inviting us to a, a rest in him. Jesus invited us to come. His burdens are light. God made the Sabbath that we might rest and eventually we know God gives us all eternity, a home in heaven that we will rest for eternity in him. But how do we grab hold of this refreshment? How do we gain it? How do we come to a place of rest? Well, this psalm answers that we must find our satisfaction in him. This is no surprise. This is no surprise that when Jesus tells us not to worry, but to put, instead, seek first his kingdom and righteousness and all these things will be added. When we seek satisfaction in our school, in our jobs, in relationships, in other schedules, then we find that life does not satisfy. This satisfaction comes not 
when we are looking for other things. Rest cannot come when we are looking to other things. True rest can only come when we find our satisfaction in Him. Martin Lloyd-Jones, one of my favorite preachers, said, Man by nature, man without God, is restless. Where can we find peace? Where can we find tranquility? Where can we find rest and peace of mind and a heart and of spirit? Where can we find the point where all is well and nothing troubles? Where is it? Man cannot find it. He is restless. Why? Man, though he does not know it, was made by God. And he was made in such a way that he has depended upon God. There is the highest thing in a man which he can only be satisfied by God. Nothing else can satisfy him. We are reminded that if we want to try to find true rest, it is not finding satisfaction in the things that draw us to busyness, but that we find satisfaction in our God. The sons of Korah penned this psalm through the inspiration of God. What was their group's role? Well, they were the keepers of the gates. Some commentators said that they were the buildings and grounds team of the temple. They were the ones that kept it up, that kept it going, that let the priests do the sacrifice, that let, let the people do the work, let everything go on, and their job, their role, was to serve the house of God. And as busy as this was, open all the time, being servants to the people, serving the priests, being busy, they found and declared, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. That in this world, happy is the person who trusts in you. This psalm is broken into by three stanzas, separate, separated by selahs. And in those three stanzas, I want us to kind of pull out this morning three blessings, three blessings that this psalmist says for those who trust in God. These blessings of rest helps us to see that God gives us a blessing of a home now. That God gives us the blessing of rest on our journey home and God gives us blessing when we rest in Him. In this passage, we see three ways that God blesses us, his people, to give us rest. Number one, blessed are those in the house of the Lord. If you're taking notes on your bulletin or in your apps or wherever, blessed are those in the house of the Lord. Where do we see that in verse four? How happy are those who reside in your house who continually praise you. The psalmists were aware that the Lord of heaven does not live in temples or houses built by man, as Paul would say in Athens. However, we know that the manifestation of God, his Shekinah glory, did reside and come into the temple in Jerusalem. The worshipers would come there to worship him, offer sacrifices, pray, 
And though they understood that God was not just confined to a place, they still felt a very presence and purpose that God resided in the most holy place of the temple. And because God dwelled in Zion, the most favored of all humans were those who lived there too especially those like priests who worked in the temple and even those who this the sons of of Korah who attended the custodial work the psalm talks about crying to the Lord that it is those who come to the house of the Lord who are blessed that those who reside in your house who continually praise you those whose hearts and flesh cry out to the living God. These words help us to see that where is the focus? Where do we come to get blessing? Well, where do we go? We go in the house of God. That the worship and singing, gathering with God, being surrounded by God's people, that we see that those are a blessing fit and made by God. And therefore, brother and sister, we are understood that we see that coming to the house of God is not just something that we do when we get an opportunity but it is the place that we come for the blessing of God how do we know this well the the scriptures talk about this Jesus said that there is a special authority granted to the church of God that the authority given by those who redeemed who gather in a local church Matthew 18 20 for those where two or three are gathered in my name I am among you. Now, let's be honest. There's a kind of behind the curtains a look of this sermon today. I was even hesitant to even put that scripture there. You know why? Because it's the most misused and misquoted and misunderstood scripture maybe in all of the Bible. People use that scripture all the time. Well, two or more are gathered here. Well, okay. Do I have to wait for God to show up till somebody else shows up? Do I have to wait oh, two or three? You know, I need, need one more person to come through the door and then God's here? No. We are the redeemed of God. We are inhabited by the Spirit of God himself. So we don't need to wait for others. But by God's grace, gathered with other redeemed people, God has given a special blessing. Per, people who proclaim the gospel fulfill the great commission hold authority over one another encourage one another we are surrounded in knowing that the blessing that comes from being in God's house there's a special blessing that comes as we come gather that is this spiritual fellowship that we receive that we gather as God's people that we know that there is a deep fellowship that we experience so glad that Pastor Jim invited people online to come in person because that is something that we can't experience across a computer screen or a TV or wherever. We must be gathered with God's people because fellowship is something enabled by the Spirit. Fellowship is not what we, I grew up understanding that we only did around the Southern Baptist National Bird, fried chicken. Fellowship is deeper than that. Fellowship is more than a meal. Fellowship is people filled by the Spirit, edifying, encouraging, and praying, and holding each other accountable, and loving one another. 
Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, And let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some in the habit are doing, but encouraging each other. And all the more as the day is approaching. The psalmist helps us to see that, friends, that gathering together is not optional. It is the blessings of the Lord to his people. People argue, oh, I don't can be a Christian without the church. Yeah, you can make that argument, but you would be disobedient Christian because the scripture tells us to gather. But you know, just say this is a wonderful way that this sons of Korah were being inspired to, to, to write this psalm. They write, looking really in the rafters or maybe the, the corners of the temple and seeing the birds that would flock and and come in in verse three even a sparrow finds a home and a swallow a nest for herself where she places her young near your altars lord of armies my king and my god isn't it amazing that they even saw this as a as a lesson from the lord that even these birds found blessing and a hope of being in the lord lord's house the Sparrow, which was commonly known to speak of the humble, lowly, common, seemingly worthless bird. You could buy a bird, a simply bird, for a, a sacrifice for less than a penny or many, many for a penny. That this worthless bird, this one that, that, doesn't, that was super common and yet was lowly and humble, guess what? They found a home the Lord's house maybe you feel like a sparrow maybe you feel common maybe you feel even worthless today well praise be to God you find a home in God's house he also used the example of a swallow a swallow is a particular bird that you would mostly find in flight, flying here and there all the time, moving, going, going all the time. And yet, in God's house, this bird builds a nest and raises their young. Here, even the busy finds a place to rest and focuses on what's important. Friends, the house of the Lord is a place of blessing, and I pray it is a blessing for you and your family. It is in this that I have found that my hope, my home, my, my rest. I, I remember the most earliest of moments in remembering and understanding that I had found a home. I was in eighth grade Nothing. I was going to eighth grade into ninth grade. I'd had some foot surgery. I'm sitting on the couch, and a knock at the door came, and there were a junior, two junior guys, and a senior guy showed up to my house to come hang out with me. I'm like, wow, I'm a part of God's family. I'm pretty, I'm, an, I'm not even in ninth grade yet, but I found a home many opportunities that I've seen and felt and I know that you felt brother or sister my prayer is that you will see rest and blessing in the house of the Lord and may I tell you you won't find it 
unless you make church a priority. When I say that, let me just say that it has to be, you must move from church being the thing you do when nothing else is going on to you do other things after church has become a priority to you. It is only then that you will find rest in the house of the Lord. Brother and sister, that is my prayer for all of us, that we find the house of the Lord, our brothers and sisters in Christ, our community of faith is a place of refreshment and encouragement that we say, I want to spend more time there, not less. And let me just give a short warning. Be careful because you can make a church out of anything. You can make a church out of any group of people, but only one has been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Only one will you find true rest. Only one in it you do works that last eternity. I remember experiencing, noticing this when I was in high school when that what was called the band parents. Some of you might have been them. But what I, I know of them is that they were always at the school, they were always doing work, they were always there, and never were they connected to a church. They had formed their own group. Recently, just a couple years ago, when Franklin was in a specific sports group, there was a great group of people. They were equipment checkers in and out. Or they were, did rec rec uh, the food trucks, and they did all these things to make this sports league happen. It was amazing. But friends, their entire weekend was given to this new church, not the family of God. I just encourage you to be careful because you can make a church out of anything, but there's only one place that you find the blessing of the Lord. Friends, may we understand the blessing that God has given us here. Secondly, blessed are those on the way to the house of the Lord. Blessed are those are on the way to the house of the Lord. Verse 8 begins this new way, this speaking of the sojourner, the traveler, the people whose strength, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. The writers are saying happy are these people because in there they are referencing those who would have to travel to the tabernacle or the temple. These were talking about those who majority of people were there in Jerusalem that would come, but there were many who were dispersed, many who were far away that would have to come and bring sacrifice, who would bring to the, the, the festivals throughout the year. Three times they would sojourn there. And, and in this, they were saying, he, blessed are those who see the journey, the blessed are those that God will bless them on the way. These people understood and saw that God was with them even through the journey. So what happens here is there's this picture that, that they paint here in verse 6. The Hebrew word, baka, baka uh, means balsam trees. It, it showed a, one of the main arteries that would come in, that would come through the valley, that would that a tree found in dry landscapes, that, that they would maybe stop and they would 
they would gather a, a, a shade or they would stop and eat. And, and along the way, they saw these trees as a blessing from the Lord, right? when they need it but also baka sounds very familiar to the hebrew word for weeping when they make this journey walking through the valley of baka this is talking about the very difficult journeys that they would have to take but in the middle of this valley what do we find that the lord is sustaining them there will be a source of spring water that rain will cover with them with blessings. And they go from strength to strength as each appears for God in Zion, verse 7. We see that God is sustaining them, strengthening them, being with them, protecting them. That the psalmist is saying, look, even in their journey, even in their difficult times, God is blessing them. Those who have come to know God in Jesus Christ we know that this is not our home and that we are on a journey that we know that we are going to our true heavenly home may God bless us with many years on this earth but even some of the, the greatest of lengths of life 100, 110 years earlier in the Bible, hundreds of years, even in that is but a blip in eternity. Our true home, where we will reside with God. And this reminds us that we are seeking a heavenly temple in a city that has heavenly foundations. Hebrews 11, 13 through 16. All these died in faith, although they had not received the things that were promised, but they saw them from a distance greeted them and confessed that they were foreigners in, in a sorry foreigners and temporary residents on the earth now those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a homeland if they are thinking about where they came from they would have an opportunity to return but now they desire a better place a heavenly one therefore god is not ashamed to be called their god for he has prepared a city for them Brothers and sisters, we know we are blessed by God because he blesses us and gives us rest on our journey. We know, I've shared lots, that we had a Christmas tree farm growing up and, and trimming season was right now, right in the middle of summer. That is when the sap stopped, that's when you make the cone shape of the tree, you get your leader at the top and have that perfect Christmas shape for December you have to do it then you have to make sure that's it it doesn't grow that way unless you buy it in the store and it's plastic but if you grow it from the ground it has to be shaped that way and so we would spend one week a full week as a as a teenager early teen maybe Franklin's age uh, preteen and we would come and we would say that week was spent nothing but trimming Christmas trees. Now, as you can imagine, as a teenage boy, that was not my favorite week. Doing manual labor in the hottest time of the year, away from my friends. But when you start at the beginning, you look down at the 10,000 trees and you think, I'm never going to finish. 
that we would set goals for ourselves, that we could get to this row by this time of day, and we could get to this day. And what we got to do at the end of the day, one of my favorite things, we went to my grandfather's house on Craig's Creek, and we played and swam in the creek. So every day I had a goal. I had something to look forward to. I had something to know. At the end of the day was a blessing. It was playing in the creek, seeing cousins, doing something that I looked forward to. No matter how hot it got, no how many trees that I came upon that had yellow jackets nests in it, no matter how sticky from the sap or whatever that I got, there was something better at the end of the day. Brother and sister, whenever we're going through life, we know there's something better. and That God is sustaining us along the way. That when we press forward towards the goal, that we pass through many valleys of Bacchus and many autumns with falling brown leaves and gold, slashing rains, yet we're not disheartened by these things because God is our strength from day to day. I have been encouraged and helped and blessed by scores of people along the way that God has sent. This is another blessing of the church that God sends us, just not his strength, but the strength of others. You and I need to be exactly like this for other people to be used by the Lord. But the good news is that the God is our strength as we know we're heading towards our heavenly home. Blessed are we on our journey. And number three and finally, blessed are those who trust in God. Blessed are those who trust in God. We see here that it is very clear that there is something more than the physical temple as a matter of fact though they make much of the uh, passionate about uh, the uh, the architecture the, the the building we understand that they're talking more about a building here we know that there's something more and Hebrews 11, 9 through 10 says, By faith he stayed as a foreigner, talking of Abram, to a land of promise, living in tents as he did, Isaac and Jacob, co-heirs of the same promise. For he was looking toward a city that has foundations. His architect and builder is God. All through Scripture there is an understanding of a home, one, a city that God has made for all eternity and this promise was that David's line would come and bring a new exodus, a return from exile, a restoration of the temple of glory, spreading Yahweh's reign from Jerusalem to every corner of the earth, therefore God's cosmic temple and thus would be God be present in all places in his people but we know that this hope is not in this earth or in this time, but a new heaven and a new earth that will never pass away, and a new Jerusalem, and a new place where God is our home. And the psalmist found pleasures in knowing that we would find our blessedness in God. Was his hope just in a place? No. Verse 12, happy is the person who trusts in you, Lord of armies. It is our hope in God that brings us blessing. Because in it, 
what do we find verse 13 uh, sorry in verse 10 that we would not find ourselves in the house of the wicked we would instead in verse 11 find that God is our sun and shield the sun that gives us favor the sun that shines in the brightness of our days a shield more importantly from our our foes and our place of true favor and honor and how do we get this consider verse 9 consider our shield God look on the face of your anointed one boy this is shocking we're right here in Psalm 84 we're, what in the world the anointed one was this a king who was it well it probably was but who do we know that it's looking forward to Jesus God's anointed one the Son of God came and tabernacled and lived among the true temple that he would be the way that we can have favor and rest in God forever. Hebrews 12, 22 through 24. Instead, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to the myriads of angels, a festive gathering, to the assembly of the firstborn whose names have been written in heaven, to a judge who is God of all, to the spirits of righteous people made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood which says better things in the blood of Abel. Amen? That Jesus is the way. That Jesus, through him, we are blessed to gain God himself. That Jesus, we can come to him who's experienced sorrow as we've experienced sorrow. That he has experienced abandonment and know what it feels to be alone but instead that he looks to God the Father in the midst of all of this and says we can trust in him PSA Shark Week starts tonight one of my favorite weeks of the year and I learned one year that I was always scared they were, like, they were going into the you know swimming at night I'm like those fools aren't coming back. They're going into shark-infested waters. They're chumming the water. And they're going into the pitch black where they don't know what anything is coming from anywhere. And I found out that people do this all the time. And I'm like, what is going on? We need to get the gospel to them because they're going to end very soon. They need to, they need to know Jesus. And they said that the key to night swimming is actually knowing where your bubbles go. Because you get confused as where's right and left and up and down. And knowing where your bubbles are going helps you orient where you are. And friends, when in the midst of our darkness, what can encourage us is knowing where our hope is. Our hope is in God. Friends, we cannot understand or make less the blessings that come from trusting God. Friends, this invitation of the psalm is that we know that God is blessing us with a home now. God is blessing us on our journey home to an eternal kingdom, but it invites us to trust in God. I don't know where you are in your journey or where you're going, but my plea is the same plea 
as the psalmist. Happy is the person who trusts in you, Lord of armies. Do you trust in him? Do you trust in him in all things? Because Augustine writes, because you have made us for yourself, our hearts are restless till they find their rest in thee. Friend, until you seek rest in God, you will always be in a life of hurry. So I encourage you today that if you've not found the way to the heavenly home or know where your blessings come, friends, your invitation is here to a God who died for you, to Jesus Christ who has made a way. I encourage you and I pray that you would trust in the Lord Jesus. Today the day would be the day of your salvation. He has made the way by going through the valley of death and coming on the other side so that those who trust in him will find their eternal home with God the Father. And believer, I pray that you would be reminded that you are blessed by God. No matter what station or place that you find yourself today, that there is blessings along the way, that God has heaped upon you blessings of blessings of a church home, of blessings of strength through your journey, of blessings of trusting God in the midst of dark troubles. Alexander McLaren was a Scottish Baptist, and he said this If we want rest, let us clasp. God as ours. If we desire a home, warm, safe, sheltered from every wind that blows and an inaccessible to enemies, let us, like the swallows, nestle under the ease of the temple. Let us take God for our hope. My prayer is that God is your hope today. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for the words of this psalm and the reminder that you refresh us and give us rest along the way. We're thankful, God, for the reminder of the blessings that we receive. May we be people who don't shun the blessings or find other priorities, but instead make our priority in you. Find our rest, encouragement, joy, hope, success, all based Father, I am thankful that your spirit has moved and saved me and brought me into your family. And many more would say the same thing, that we are blessed to be in your family. And we pray, God, that there's someone here that's not part of the eternal family, that you would draw them to yourself today as they would be blessed to be in the house of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet and let's respond in faith and an encouragement to one another with these words. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, and the things of this world will become strangely dim.
Let's watch the video together. Amen. Praise God for what he is doing through Carl and Sarah and the family there. And uh, we're praying and we're going to send a team next year. And so here, the next couple weeks, we'll be having an interest meeting about that. So if you're interested in going next summer, so be thinking about that. You've got a whole year to kind of save up for that and ask for help and encouragement. Uh, but God is doing great things. And we wanted to celebrate together what God is doing. A couple quick things. Again, if you're a guest here today, we're so glad that you're here Pastor Jim and welcomed you, but if this is your first time with us, we first want to say uh, welcome, and if you've not filled out a Connect card, do so now. Uh, you can do so in the scanning the QR code there in front of you, or you can go to the Next Steps desk, because if this is your first time with us today, we do have a gift waiting for you, so we hope that you would go and make sure that you would connect with them uh, uh, before you leave today. Also, Gospel to Every Home is today from 4 to 6 o'clock. We hope that you would join us as we send out teams uh, uh, to go door to door and next uh, uh, to uh, invite people to do door hangers and to pray and, and share the gospel. And a couple other things that we wanted to do is, first of all, Life Group Renewal is August 13th. Uh, so it's August 13th. If you're involved in a life group, uh, it's anywhere. We want you to come to this. We're going to have a special speaker that morning, training from 4 to 6 that day. Uh, we want you to come as we renew uh, life groups and think through that. And then August 20th, we have a special day as we launch life groups, launch D groups, and we're having a community event for people back to school bash. Uh, we're having a bunch of things happening here on ground, so make sure that you're here. And then also, one other thing, uh, look out this week in your email boxes or on social media that we'll be having a uh, survey sent out to you about financial, possible financial training here at the church that will be doing some things through Crown Financial Ministries. And we're going to get a survey of you and the best way to do that. And so look this week that you'll be getting that survey. And uh, so make sure you're aware. We're looking forward to an exciting uh, fall together. Before you pray, speaking okay. of special days, um, we, uh, if you don't, if you're not, not aware, this month, I don't remember the date, I'm sorry, maybe somebody could tell me, Kay, if she or she, she could tell me, marks 
the 10-year anniversary of Pastor Sean coming to be pastor of our church. So for 10 years, Sean, the Bible tells us to give, us, give honor where honor is due, and so we want to honor you today. Uh, we want to do that in two ways. One, if you haven't figured out, because you went downstairs earlier this week and you weren't supposed to, we are going to be having a potluck meal with the Baptist bird, as you so adequately put it, today. Today? After church today, what? in your honor. Uh, people have brought food, and so we want to honor you by gathering together. So if you haven't made plans already, by all means, stick around. We'll have lunch downstairs in the fellowship hall. Uh, the chicken has been provided. So um, that's one way we want to, but a second way we want to honor you. Jim, would you come up in here, buddy? So Pastor Jim is bringing, um, as to celebrate our heroes, we want to give you something that commemorates one of your heroes. And so... sermon um, that has been amended by Charles Spurgeon. So this is a Charles Spurgeon sermon. It is a page with his handwriting on it. So that this comes from a sermon that was preached in 1891. So on the right side you have uh, the original sermon page uh, from Charles Spurgeon. There's a print of him and then a transcript because his handwriting was atrocious. <laughs> uh, so we wanted to give this in honor of you. So oh, wow. This is for you. And Thank we have you. flowers to share. God, thank you for uh, Sean and for Sarah and for their family. Lord, thank you for the ministry that you have given us in this church. Lord, we pray that we would be faithful to, uh, to give towards that as we take up our offering. Help us to be faithful to live out uh, the gospel in our lives and help us not to be ashamed of it. We pray in Christ's name. Cross your feet. Let the anthem ring till all the world has heard Christ the risen King. Song of the redeemed, boldly we shall sing. The hope of all the world is Christ the risen King. We, we are not ashamed. Gospel is the power of God to save. We, we are not ashamed, for we have no other Savior to proclaim. 
trying to interrupt Sean before he said it. Because of the meal this afternoon, we will not have gospel to every home because it's a long day. So I just want to make sure we did say that now. There will not be gospel to every home this afternoon because of the, uh, the uh, so let's grab, grab go out and st uh, if you can, stick around. Let's have lunch together down in the fellowship hall. <laughs> 